your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Presentation with Mike and Ethan, or Elf will not be seen tonight. Well, we've heard your calls, we've gotten your letters, we have, we've uh, got people at the phone bank taking it, and they and so many people just want to hear what do you think of the Garfield movie? It's okay. That's right, uh, Garfield, uh, the motion picture filmed yes. for. For Kino Cinemas, um, <laughs> it's it's the that the fat orange cat makes his big screen debut in 2004's Garfield the movie, and it is definitely a movie about Garfield. That is, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, you know what? This is. Um, we've watched this, a lot of Garfield, right? We sure have. Yeah, we we've have, seen. We have watched multiple interesting and unique takes on Garfield, and I don't. I don't know about you. You know, you you said this yourself, and I, I I tend to agree that Garfield is a very unique thing because it is so much under uh, Jim Davis's command and Jim Davis is a very individual person and what he brings us is so unique and you just don't get that with this movie no you do not and I think it's very obvious this was not written by Jim Davis as far as I can tell other than being based on his work he had no involvement uh, with the movie though uh, I guess Davis Entertainment and Paws Inc. were the production companies, uh, but this was, but Creative Control was Joel Cohen and Alex Sokolow who wrote it, and Peter Hewitt who directed it. I'm um, sorry, Joel Cohen of of Joel and Ethan Cohen. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh. Wait, maybe. <laughs> oh my um, god. No, apparently not oh. the same. Uh. Uh, Joe oh, Cohen, though okay. I think we would love to see the <laughs> the Cohen brothers take on Garfield. I oh think that would God. be amazing. That would be uh, it's, that would be phenomenal. That would blow Garfield gets real out of the water. Yeah. So this guy is uh, what he is. Let's see. He is known better for writing Hot Money, Sister Sister, Pass the Ammo, Toy Story, uh, which Whoa. is is big, uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. Garfield the movie, Garfield a tale of two kitties, Evan Almighty, Daddy Day Camp, and Gnomes and Trolls a secret chamber. Uh, so he's he's a oh. working writer, you know. Yes, he he's mostly a working works writer who you know definitely does not uh, you know. I'll bet he has something something unpublished that would absolutely blow our minds, but he he pays for pays his rent with some pretty dire sounding movies on yeah so it sounds like he usually works with his writing partner alex sokolow who is known for uh toy story money talks <laughs> cheaper by the dozen garfield the movie garfield the tale of two kitties evan almighty daddy day camp and gnomes and trolls a secret chamber ah. so these guys work together a lot yeah um and uh peter hewitt uh the director um, actually has um, quite an interesting filmography. Uh, he is the director of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, mm. as well as uh, Thunderpants. Thunderpants? Uh, Thunderpants, which is a 2002 family comedy about a boy whose incredible capacity for flatulence gets him a job as an astronaut. 
boy. So, well, this really, this really shows that, uh, you know, directing is not, doesn't seem to be as big a uh, part of, of movie making as you'd think, because Bill and Ted's bogus journey fucking rules. This does not. No. Um, you know, there's something to be said. I know for auteur theory, the idea that the, uh, director control, everything in the movie is controlled and ultimately attributable to a director, but I don't think that's necessary. I don't really subscribe to that myself because, uh, it is such a collaborative process in filmmaking that, um, you know, and this shows exactly how you can have the same director on movies that are very, very different. Um, to the point where, because (sighs) I feel like this movie, okay, this movie is so mid it is yeah, so in it's it's just you know it's it's um it's so much wasted potential is, yeah. is really what it is you know speaking um, as garfield fans you know we're not we're not getting what we wanted from this movie but no and you know sorry it feels like did did anyone Honestly, this movie feels no. like it was aimed at a kind of aimed at about a five year old audience. That's the crazy thing about this because I was just thinking, like, okay, um, th- this is a movie that was obviously made on a budget, and it was, and nobody involved at any point in the process gave half a shit. You know, it's just there's so li- so little enthusiasm for this project. Um, and it's weird because, you know, we've because I, I feel like there was so much potential because, you know, like we've seen other Garfield products that are like bizarre and bonkers and in, in really interesting ways. Like, you know, Garfield's Pet Force, obviously, and, and Garfield's Funfair are insane. Um, but like also things like, you know, Babes and Bullets or Garfield's Nine Lives, which are like better, more coherent, but still very, very strange and interesting. Um, and this is just like, if, if this, I feel like, you know, this was, this movie's only an hour, you know? So it's very, yeah. it's, it's pretty short. Um, but even so, if they had, if this was pre- instead of a live action theatrical movie, if they had done this as a 20 minute made for TV animated special, I would say this is still one of the weaker entries in the series, but it would be acceptable. It would, I would put it like kind of below maybe around the, you know, like below Garfield in the rough below and Garfield's Christmas, like maybe about on tier with the one where, where they go to like a, a talent show, you know? Mm. Oh, Garfield's Garfield goes Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one being, okay so i'd say it's 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 very similar actually in Mm. in uh uh, in plot as well i think uh if i recall correctly um the main thing about this movie though and this is there's a lot of things about this movie but the main thing the biggest flaw i think Mm -hmm. that really stands out and and makes this movie absolutely unacceptable oh boy is (laughs) garfield is the only pet character that is cg animated all the others are just normal animals that they animated the mouths to yeah and it especially is, this especially really shows when you have garfield interacting with mice and this mouse is obviously just sort of jumping to get off-screen cheese or something and they're animating a mouth on it yeah um it's so strange because you know, Garfield has a very distinctive look. I mean, all of Jim Davis's characters do. And it's just like, okay, Garfield with his gigantic googly eyes talking to just a normal cat. It's it's so weird. Um, yes, and it really and it really, really bothers me that Garfield is this is the cartoon character cat, and Odie is not. Odie's just a dog. It that's look the worst thing like Odie. Oh my God, that is so bad because that's the thing. It's like, I would, if, if they had animated Odie, Garfield and Odie as a cartoon characters, that would be better. 
it would still be, in my feeling, unacceptable that all the other animals are real. But at least, for God's sake, animate Odie. He's like, he's he, everyone knows what Odie looks like. You know, he's he's got the big tongue. He's he's Odie, right? Yeah, and he's, you know, he's just eyeballs and feet. You know, <laughs> yeah. But it's like I guess it and was they hard just... to have Brick and Meyer pet- petting him. I guess, but the thing is, I just don't get it because because everybody knows what Odie looks like, and instead they have this. It's a regular dog. It's kind of like a wiener dog mix, I think. Yeah, kind of Not a really. dachshundy thing. I mean, it is a cute dog, but I mean, oh well. It's here's my. It's theory. a dog. Yeah, here is my theory. I don't think that when they signed up to make this movie they realized Garfield was a cat. Because this movie is stuffed with dogs. Hotel for Dogs had fewer dogs than this movie. And there's like five cats. Wait, do you think that they were trying to make a dog movie, but they accidentally bought a cat property? Yes, I think that is exactly what happened. You know that is that's... why Odie is so such a, a hyper focus on this, and why it's about you know taking your dog to the dog show, except that your dog is just viewing it, not actually part of it. Oh my god! There is okay. Yes, that uh, Ethan, that makes sense. In fact, I would argue that's one of the only things that makes sense because I was I was trying to wrap my head around this insane artistic decision, right? Like, yes. I was like, oh, is it like a budget issue? Because obviously this is a cheapo movie. You know, this is just a cash grab. But yeah, it's $50 million. And I think most of that was paid for with the mountains of product placement. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Oh, um, my God. This is I thought this is like like a, a an Adam Sandler movie or something. It's very 2004. It, you yeah. know what I mean? Like watching this, something about it just felt like a time capsule of that era. And part of it was the very obnoxious product placement. I feel like that was a time when people kind of like went nuts with that. Like, I, I feel like now they've kind of learned how to like slip it in. So we still get it, but it's kind of a, a little more in the background. You know, they've, yeah. they've finessed that. But in 2004, they were like, hey, we can just slap it right in your face right there. Like Gar- it'll be Garfield watching the TV and the TV is showing commercials. And it's like, it's, it's very meta, you know, it's like being in Videodrome or something. Um, but so, yeah, what I always think of is the version of Hamlet starring Ethan Hawke. Did you ever see that one? I have not seen that one. Oh, that's a, that's a version of Hamlet that is transfer- tr- transferred to the year 2000 and set in a corporate setting, but all the dialogue is the same. Oh, and actually, that's kind of they, interesting. Yeah, it is an interesting idea, but I think it's really funny that at the parts where Hamlet encounters the ghost of his father, his father appears as a reflection in the Pepsi One vending machine. <laughs> okay, and that's... So every, all the time that they're focusing on Sam Shepard as Hamlet's father, it says Pepsi One right in your face. <laughs> well, it's the choice of a new generation, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the product placement in this movie is extremely obnoxious. Um, But like we said, seems to be a pretty cheap movie. Uh, So I was thinking, okay, um, did they blow all the budget on CG animating Garfield and they didn't have enough for the other animals? Because, which which seems, again, very strange. Because, okay, because first of all, it really hurts this movie that Odie is a regular dog because he needs to interact with Garfield, you know? Yeah. The movie is about their relationship and their scenes where like Odie looks at Garfield and I'm like, okay, what emotion is Odie supposed to be communicating here? He's a dog. I don't know. Um, So that's a big problem. It's like the recent Lion King remake, the one where they're like, yeah, you're just looking at, you know, you're looking at Simba seeing his dead father and this is like, can he comprehend what has happened? He's an animal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it, It's not like with the Lion King where they are clearly animals in the roles of people. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's I mean, this is kind of a problem in general with 
dog movies, but it's especially a problem here because our because uh, you know usually if they're if they're actors acting, you can at least get the emotion through the the vocal performance. Odie is a silent character, so does he you know, bark? I don't remember him barking. Um, I don't know if he barks actually. I and, guess he barked when Garfield was in the vents to let him know where he was, but. Oh, okay. So a little bit, but you know, Odie does not come across as the same, you know, yippy dog that we get in the comic strip. Yeah. He doesn't really come across as anything. He's just he is just a dog. He's so just a dog. There's... He is not it's this dog playing the role of Odie and you know, honestly, there are a lot of Odie things he could be doing that he's not. He barely slobbers. He licks John's face once. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't you know, Garfield doesn't even well, he doesn't push him off the table, but he pushes him off the off the chair, I guess. And yeah. Oh, and not you once know, do we get. Oh my god, that is the thing about this movie is it really feels like, you know, okay. So so one of the things about this movie is that the whole thing with with Odie not being Odie, not being a yes. CG dog, is a baffling decision because. They got the rights to Garfield, right? Right. And they're like, and obviously this is a cash grab. They're like, okay, we got the Garfield name. Slap it on a movie, put it in theaters, we'll make a lot of money. That's what they want, right? They're not putting a lot of thought into this. But the whole point of getting licensing a pre-existing property to make a movie is that you will attract people who like the pre-existing property. So you can't tell me that a single person who likes Garfield, No, who went to see this movie, would find this an acceptable way to portray Odie. Like, like no no child would accept this. No adult I, fan of Garfield would accept this. Um, I have I, another I, theory. Yeah, have, let's hear it. I have a hypothesis. Yes. What if, short-sightedly, they licensed the likeness of Garfield, but nobody else? Is that... I possible it's entirely possible because I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Breckenmeyer, I, I, you could argue that, you know, in being a white guy, he looks like John, but that's about it. Uh, you know, Ju you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt doesn't, you know, she doesn't not look like Liz. She is a woman with dark hair, but then you look at the other pets did you see that there is a Siamese cat in this that they call Nermal? Oh my God. Yeah. That is, it's instead of being a annoying gray kitten, uh, in this movie, Nermal is an adult Siamese cat yes. who is, um, stupid. How that seems to yeah, be his how, personality. Yeah. He's like Garfield's kind of dumb sidekick. Um, but, um, yeah, but he is, <laughs> uh, yeah, he is nothing like the normal in the comic. And interesting thing about this is, um, we get a girl cat in this movie. Who That's is, what the subtitles call her. Yes. Girl cat. <laughs> yes. Now she is never named. She is, but she Except is obviously. Yeah. She is obviously an Arlene analog, right? Uh-huh. And that was a thing that, that kind of got me when I was watching this. Because as we've discussed about Arlene in, in previous episodes, uh -huh. Jim, Jim Davis, uh, the reason that, that Arlene has not appeared in, in Garfield Media before uh, Garfield's Pet Force trilogy is that Jim Davis had a very specific voice in mind for her and they could not find that voice. Hmm. And so I was watching this and it was like, wait, is she just girl cat? Because Jim Davis was like, nope, I don't like that voice. It's not the Arlene voice. Can't be Arlene, which makes, which is even more insane because that means Jim Davis is like, oh yeah, Odie is a real dog. Fine. Um, normal as a Himalayan. Fine. Uh, Liz wants like John, uh, John's D fine. I don't care anything. Whoa. Arlene's voice. That's where I draw the line. That's where I have artistic integrity. So <laughs> it's so well, strange. 
Well, actually, at the very end, you do hear Normal say, hey, Arlene. And then it's actually credits oh, her that- as Arlene in the cast list. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, there goes that theory. Yeah. Um, I did not see that. So um, so apparently uh, this voice, Deborah Massing as, as Arlene, was either acceptable to Jim Davis or more likely Jim Davis had like, as we said, no, uh, no, no input into this movie at all. Um, literally none. Deborah messing as Arlene Garfield's love interest. Do they even exchange words? They, they like, she shows up to berate Garfield for kicking Odie out of the house. That is their only interaction. Um, if you're yeah. not familiar with Arlene uh, from the comic, you would not know that this was Garfield's girlfriend. You could probably assume because if you've watched any movies, especially like movies about like people's pets, generally if a girl if a girl version of the main animal shows up, it's like oh that's the main animal's girlfriend. Yeah, you know, um, but um, but yeah. So I'm just again. So I, I just cannot get over this bizarre idea about not animating Odie and that like, because it feels like they were like, okay, it's a quick, quick cash grab. We won't animate Odie in 2004, you know, in a pre social media world, maybe they thought word wouldn't get around and people wouldn't notice. But what you said though, about failing to license Odie, Odie's likeness, that is that is like the only thing that makes any sense. So I'm I'm putting together this idea in my mind where there where the uh, executive was like, uh, okay, you licensed Garfield, great, let's let's see it, and uh, they they show the they show the first version of the CGI cat, and he just kind of like his cigar drops out of his mouth. He's like, Garfield's a cat. What the <laughs> fuck am I making here? I mean. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, it's a thing that seems crazy that there would be like a a studio executive who was not instantly familiar with Garfield since Garfield, even in 2004, you know, which was past Garfield's heyday. Garfield is still like a cultural force. Even today, after newspapers have died, people still know Garfield. So but but also studio executives are incredibly stupid. So. I remember reading an interview with Bob and David of uh, Mr. Show where they talked mm-hmm. about how when you deal with actual producers, these are people who know nothing. They they said these are these these are German billionaires who think that Tool is still a hot up and coming new band. Wow. And <laughs> They said that in like 2005, but still. Um, well, I mean, I think that still holds true. Um yeah. I I believe that um, I, I would believe that this was financed by some German some German billionaire, you know. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, Co- Conrad Strughelm from the uh, X Files <laughs> movie uh, financed this movie. Um, this, yeah, because nothing, you know, nothing. It's very nothing about it makes sense no. uh, from from any sort of artistic standpoint. It's. Um, you know, nobody cared, which is really unfortunate. Cause I was, I was thinking like, if you had Garfield as a property, there's so much potential to do something really interesting with that. Uh, you can even see it in like other movies of the time period. Cause like, you know, there was a lot, there are a lot of movies that are coming out that were like, just based on, you know, old TV shows yeah. and stuff. Um, like, you know, the Scooby-Doo live action movie, which, I don't particularly like, but you watch it and it's like, okay, the people who made it obviously had a familiarity with the source material and they're kind of setting it up in this loving way, you know, which I mean, I could tell that it was made by people who loved Scooby-Doo and, you know, as someone who doesn't love Scooby-Doo, I was like, okay, well, nothing to do with me then. But uh, all the same, I mean, you know, it's good that, uh, it's good that people who are lifelong Scooby-Doo fans had something to look forward to here. I mean, lifelong Garfield fans, well, I mean, like us, loser, but still, (laughs) we we were in the wrong place. (laughs) This is for people who are lifelong, lifelong Garfield have heard of hers. 
Yeah, but even that, I feel like if you... Because sh- I feel like even if you're not a Garfield fan, if, you, like, you know, if you show this movie to, I don't know, like, you know, like, you, you know, your dad or something. Yeah. Not, like, your specific dad. I don't know if he likes Garfield. But, like, you know, a, a generic dad who's not mm-hmm. really into something, he would be like, oh, yeah, I know Garfield. He hangs out with that dog. That doesn't look like the right dog. Like... <laughs> It's the sort of thing that that I think would offend people even who are not like into Garfield at all just because it's so wrong. It's so obviously slapdash. Um so now that you've, you know, now that you've seen this, I guess you'd already seen this, but you know, now that you this is fresh in your mind, I can say this is how I felt when I watched the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Wow. Um I I can I can understand I can grok that now. Yeah. It's just like, okay, well, we've got a character that vaguely looks like Optimus Prime and vaguely looks like Bumblebee, and we've got the names Ironhide, Ratchet. Let's just apply them to these random characters. Yeah, that is that is that is accurate to this movie because um, I, I'll say this: Garfield himself is, is fine. I think I think um, uh, he looks like Garfield you know, as much as you can, if you try to make a realistic looking Garfield with realistic fur texture. Do you um, think it would have looked better if they just made Garfield look like an actual cat and like, didn't give him the giant Garfield eyeballs? Yes, I think it would have, um, because he stands out so much from everything else in this film. And I think, and also the problem is like, you know, Garfield is a very stylized cat and seeing him with realistic fur texture, he just ends up kind of, he kind of looks like a, like a matted fursuit, you know? So, well, one thing that I kept thinking the whole time was they should have used a Muppet. Yeah, no, you're correct. This would be a hundred percent better with, with puppets. If they had, in fact, uh, it would have been way cheaper, I think. Yes. Is Garfield probably, and Odie or yeah. puppets? You know, um, come on. That would be awesome. That would be great, actually. I I think that is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually really into this idea now. Okay. Um, well, we've got a proposal for our Garfield movie then. All right. Jim Davis, give us some money. Um, <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, because like, uh, like we're saying, like, you know, uh, this is a movie that like it, the people making it don't seem to have really know anything about Garfield. Um, Gar- Garfield himself is looks. They knew he's fat. He hates Mondays and loves lasagna. All yeah. of those things are belabored. Garfield, like he is fat. They give him a kind of like a, a big waddly primordial pouch, yeah. which is a little odd because you know again <laughs> it's a little he's... distracting it does look a little bit like a ball sack sometimes yeah i mean again it's problem is that like he's too realistic and garfield should really not be realistic but yes. uh, um well at least he doesn't and... walk on his hand legs that's true um now what do you think we had uh bill murray playing garfield in this so what do you think of bill murray's performance in this He's okay. I mean, he's no Lorenzo music, but yeah. Yeah. Um, he's probably the best choice they could have had beside him, but you know, I would have, you know, I would have probably gone for someone. Well, for one thing, I've, for one thing, I'd have made a better movie, but yes, no, (laughs) supposedly according to, uh, Wikipedia, Bill Murray signed on because he thought it was that Joel Cohen. That is extremely funny. Um, it sounds I could... like a cop out on Bill Murray's part, but I prefer to think it's true. <laughs> that is true. Bill Murray does a lot of cop outs, um, yeah. and uh, but it is actually very funny to think that Bill Murray was told, "Yeah, the Coen Brothers are making a Garfield movie," and Bill Murray was like, "Yeah, that sounds legit. You know, I believe that. <laughs> you know." Um, but uh, it also sounds like, uh, besides Bill Murray, they also considered Jack Nicholson for this role. Which Jack Nicholson? That would have been interesting. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I can't really picture it. Bill Murray, though, is kind of an is is an interesting choice because, like you said, he he's he's kind of got the same vibe as Lorenzo Music to some yeah. degree. He's he's not a voice actor, so it's it's definitely not as you know not the same. Um, yeah, it's not it, it's not Ghostbusters era. Uh, uh, Bill Murray. It's Ghostbusters Answer the Call era, Bill Murray. Yes, yes. It's so odd, though. Again, this is kind of an odd thing because um, uh, Lorenzo Music, of course, not only played Garfield, but also played Peter Venkman in The Real Ghostbusters. And Bill Murray played Peter Venkman in actual Ghostbusters. So you have to wonder if he was picked to play Garfield because they were like, well, you know, Lorenzo Music played Peter Venkman. You played Peter Venkman. Now you can play Garfield. I'm kind of surprised that since he replaced Lorenzo Music on Ghostbusters, they never went to Dave Coulier to play Garfield. Well, just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did, did, uh, I guess the question is, did Bill Murray come back for A Tale of Two Kitties? Because if, oh, he did. Oh, too bad. It would be extremely funny if they replaced him with Dave Coulier in the second movie. Uh, but no, that did not happen. Uh, Bill Murray returned. Um, I would say Bill Murray is, you know, he is a, he's fine in this. He's probably, he, he's, he does a Garfield that I recognize as, you know, Garfield. He's like, oh, okay, yeah. he's, he's fat. He's lazy, kind of sarcastic. He's, he's Garfield. Um, I, I don't, care for Brecken Meyer as John though. He's kind of a non-entity. Yeah, he's 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 there. He's just I think he said like Brecken Meyer said, "Oh, I'm a white guy, so I'm like John," and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um he he doesn't bring, you know, he doesn't bring that like special nerd energy that Tom Hughey brings. Yeah. And also, it's like watching this, I was like, you know who would be a better John in this? That guy they got for the Lasagna Cat shorts. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. Yeah. Otherwise, um, and when I was watching it, because we were watching uh, Garfield, um, the movie, I said to my wife, it's like, yeah, this guy, he just, he looks like if Bill Maher and David Duchovny had a baby. (laughs) So he's... Yeah, he's he's nothing special, and um, I was going mean, to say that's that they should have think... gotten. I was going to say they should have gotten Brendan Fraser, but uh, he had just basically done the exact same movie a year earlier with Looney Tunes back in action. Brendan Fraser could do a man. Actually, Brendan Fraser could do a really good John. I think. Yeah, I think um, so. I mean, he's, I think he made a whole career out of being the live action version of cartoon characters. So. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got, you know, yeah, because Brendan Fraser has a a, a certain like uh, kind of gentle nerd energy, despite being like built like a beefcake um, yeah. that would really work for for John, because uh, I think that is a thing about John is that like he is a he is this like absolute nerd, but he's also very. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. John is a very gentle man. I feel like. John, yeah, John you know? is sincere, and I think that's what sells him. Yeah, he's a guy who has, when you really think about it, an incredible love for his pets, just yes. beyond anything. Which, like, is, you know, what I—that's his save you know. the cat right there. Is that you know? Yeah. He literally, you know, he literally does love his pets more than anything. They're his family. Yeah. Like when I go camping, I don't bring my cats with me. I, you know, I, I, I get someone to look after them while I go. But John, he brings them with, he brings Garfield and Odie everywhere. Even on airplanes. He doesn't put them in a carrier. They, he dresses <laughs> them up like his children and they sit on the plane with it. Um, I, I don't think Riker would put up with that. No, Riker would not. Sandy might. Sandy Riker might, yeah. would not. Yeah. Um, easy going. Well, I don't know. What about your cats? Would they, uh, um, uh, I think, I think mistletoe would like to pretend to be a baby and just stay in my arms the whole time. Like, you know, you know, you get to fly for free because you're a newborn. Whereas, (laughs) 
Whereas Sweetie Pie would immediately be standing at the uh, door of the plane meowing to go out. So, <laughs> yep, yep. No, honey, we are five miles up. <laughs> <laughs> that cats, that's cats for you. That's cats, yeah. Um, I can't just keep shaking the bag to get her to go back to her bowl. She's going to figure it out. Eventually, you would think. Um, <laughs> now, let's see. Um, we have uh, another big star in this, Jennifer Love Hewitt as yeah. Liz the Vet. And, um, you know, uh, I was getting her confused in this movie with, uh, what's what's that other, what's that other girl who was really big at the time with three names? Um, she was on, uh, uh she's on Buffy. Oh, no, no, oh. no. She, she was on Buffy. Um, you know, um, um Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> uh, yes, I think that's it. That's her. So I was getting <laughs> her mixed up the whole time with Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, <laughs> because I thought like, oh, it's the Buffy girl, but no, it's Jennifer Love Hewitt. She is the, I know what you did last summer girl. Yes. Uh, so she was really big in the late nineties and early aughts. And this is kind of, I don't want to say the twilight of her career. Uh, it's more like the, this is a point of career where she is settling into the storied Hollywood tradition of getting to play girl. You yeah. Know? And I mean, uh, of, but you gotta enjoy that while it lasts because after that it's either teacher or witch. That's right. It's, you know, it's like you, you get to play maiden for a while, then you play mom, then you play crone. So that's, that's Hollywood for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's, I guess she's She's okay, but there's just, you know, the thing about, the thing about Liz is that she too is, you know, cynical and sarcastic and you don't get that with this version of her. No, they really, they really, uh, denatured the Liz character. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's not sarcastic. She's, she's not, you know, um, she has no quips. She, um, she doesn't have that disdain for John that Liz no. has. Uh, Quite the she opposite. Is, yeah. She is like jumping his bones the whole movie. And, um, yeah, I, I don't, I feel like, I don't think that Jennifer Love Hewitt did a bad job, but they didn't give her anything, any meat. You know, she really has nothing to work with. Um, and plus, they did that thing where they were like, oh, she's hot. So we're going to dress her like, you know, a 14-year-old girl at a at a coming out party or something. Because she's got <laughs> these flouncy little, like, mini skirts the whole movie. And it's, you know, which isn't the, the, the problem is, like, when she's, like, at the vet. And I don't want to slut shame or anything, but... If you're working at a, I, I've been to the veterinarian and they generally wear scrubs. They don't usually wear a, a, a little yellow tube dress with yeah. like your doctor's coat over it. I've never seen that. Um, so it's just kind of goofy, honestly. Um, but yeah, she doesn't have a lot to do in this movie. She's, she's just there. Um, and, um, and then uh, we also, uh, I guess, we should talk about the, um, the plot of the movie. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, for what, for what there is of one, the plot of the movie is that, okay. So John takes, you know, after a day of establishing Garfield's, you know, uh, as they say on the save and save the cat, uh, uh, stable, but, uh, un unsustainable, uh, uh, family life around the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. We go to the vet and and Liz manages to rope John into uh, into adopting Odie. And her explanation for this is that like he'd die if he was locked in a cage or something. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess, you know, most dogs would eventually. But um... I mean, he, he spends a lot of time in this movie in a cage. Also, um. Don't most people crate train their dogs? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, they don't give us a lot into why suddenly this dog is there and needs to be adopted or and Liz is so gung-ho about... I, I guess, like, she's like, oh, John, you're really good with cats. You should adopt a dog. Okay. Um, now, that's, I, I guess. Now, to be fair, this doesn't not happen, 
because you know back during the uh around when we were getting uh Obama in office my my brother had a crush on a girl who who loved dogs so he got interested in dogs and uh now the girl is history and he's got four dogs so oh did he get them all, wait did he get them all while he was pursuing this girl no just the one oh, just okay. the one and at then then gradually he acquired actually the fourth dog is not his fourth dog it's his sixth so oh okay um i guess he just got a taste for dogs which is yeah. fair I just thought it was funny, though, the idea that, like, he's like, oh, I got to get another dog. This one will definitely get that girl interested <laughs> no, in me. No. <laughs> Thankfully, by that time, he was like, okay, you know, I'm not, you know, maybe it was a bad idea, but I'm not sorry I have the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's good, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this the this story, the basic story is how Garfield and Odie met, which is a fine idea for a Garfield movie. I, I think that's, you know pretty decent even though it does contradict what we know of garfield and yeah. Odie's first meeting from garfield's nine lives um but that's fine you know um i i i, I i'm not a stickler for garfield canon garfield certainly isn't um which also but, contradicts what we know of how uh, garfield met Odie from uh from the actual strip when uh, lyman brought him in we don't see lyman oh that's at all right in this movie that is another. See, that's another thing. Is like uh, if if you had some actual Garfield fans writing this movie, or at least ones who are familiar, you would have fun little Easter eggs like Lyman appearing in it. You know, yeah, uh, or Binky the Clown, perhaps. Yeah, no Binky. Uh, yeah, you know. Oh, what about where? Where's the U.S. Acres cameos? Yeah. By the way, um, yeah. Where? Where's the Arbuckle Farm? Where's Duck Boy? There's. Uh, yeah, again, there's so Where's much Irma? that could have been done. Uh, you know, just er, so many lo- missed opportunities. Just, um, and, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's disappointing because, like, I feel like, um, y- it makes me think of, you know, there's another, uh, um, film. Like, they could have made this something that, yeah, that, that's like, that says something about the Garfield property in a way. Yeah. Like, I feel like I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time kind of uh, um, articulating what I'm thinking of, but I feel like if you watch like a movie, like um, uh, the Lego movie, mm. it says something very fundamental about the, the, the actual Legos and how kids play with them and what they mean to people, you know? And I feel like, the Barbie movie kind of did that as well. And, um, you know, so they make movies that are obviously like, yeah, these are soulless cash grabs, but that doesn't mean they can't be artistic. And yeah, they're soulless cash grabs, but the, what makes them a soulless cash grab is that what they're trading on means something to a lot of people. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like when Buzz talked about the, uh, how they tried to develop a pet boys cartoon, like, you know, nobody gives a shit about the pet boys. Oh my God. But, but people give a shit about their Legos. People really care about Lego. People really care about Barbie and people really yeah. care about Garfield. That's why we started a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I just, yeah, I just feel like it's so strange that they had Garfield. They could have done so much with it. They could have made this. I feel like if you got Garfield and you're like, we're going to make a Garfield movie, you would want to make this to be, be, you know, a big deal. You would want this yeah. to be an event. You want to be like, Hey everyone, you know, Garfield, your fat friend Garfield, he's in the movies now. And, um, you know, compared to what like Jim Davis was trying to get made when he was trying to get that Garfield movie made back in the day with that, that, that Garfield and the big storm or whatever it was. Yes. Yeah. Garfield's judgment day. That, yeah, that would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah. And again, because that reflects Jim Davis's very peculiar ideas, it would have been very unusual as opposed to, uh, this, which is the most usual thing ever. Yeah. Um, this is, 
You know, we complain so much about the uh, about the algorithm. You know, this is like the algorithm's first most beloved son. Yes, um, this is. So the plot of the movie is basically like, yeah. So John gets Odie. Uh, Odie eventually is gets gets kidnapped by an evil television guy, television personality. I guess um, he's he's kind of the stand-in for Binky. He has this. His name is Happy Chapman, and he's like a. a I thought he was a weather guy, but no, he's like a local TV host, and he has to do. He has to do live commercials for cat food. I was like, what is this, the 50s? Yeah, that is, um, it's, it's, uh, Nonsense. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's something that makes absolutely, you know, you, if anyone who had even, if anyone who was young enough to have watched the specials had been working on this, then they, then they would have been like, hey, that doesn't make any sense. But no. Yeah, it it does not make sense. Um, this guy, Happy Chapman, uh, is played by Stephen Toblerowski, who yes, uh, you know, uh, working character actor. I mostly remember him from being in Glee, but he's been in mm-hmm. lots of stuff. Um, well, I, I was I, like, I don't know that guy, and then he happened to make the right face, and I was like, and I, I was like, Phil, Phil Connors. It's like that oh, guy. Oh, from Groundhog Day? Yes, yes, Ned Ryerson. That was him. Oh, that's so funny. I did not recognize. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so he is, um, what was funny about him, though, is when I was watching this movie, all I could think about is like, man, he looks so much like Jim Davis. <laughs> to the point that I started wondering, wait a minute, this is a movie about a guy who looks just like Jim Davis Kidnapping Odie in order to become rich and famous. It, is, are they trying to say something here? But I, I don't think they were, because that would imply they thought about this um, this film more than I think they did. Um, what a funny idea! What a great what a great concept for your movie is about about Garfield about Garfield actually you know belonging to John and then being kidnapped by rival cartoonist Jim Davis to make a comic strip about him <laughs> I mean that would actually be that would actually improve this movie by like <laughs> I'd say a factor of 10 if they did that um, it would be getting kind of into that weird meta like like a uh, fat Albert the movie territory but, yeah but I mean, but still I think that'd be really funny. I mean, um, I saw Fat also Albert. Kind it of was interesting. terrible, but it was better than this. <laughs> yeah, it, at least it was something. Yes. Um, this actually, apparently, uh, they were originally considering uh, a few different actors to play Happy Chapman, uh, one of which was Brad Dourif, which kind of blows my mind um, because Brad Dourif is amazing in literally everything he's in. He is... Like just just an incredible scene stealer, uh, you you can't see him and not be mesmerized. So I, I can't even imagine the sort of movie that they would have made with Brad Dourif in this. Ima- imagine like instead of being kidnapped by, uh, just imagine Odie is kidnapped by by Wormtongue by Grima Wormtongue. <laughs> just amazing. By Chucky. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chucky. He's you know he's he's just he is. Oh man, um, that would have been that would have been uh, a, a very different movie. It but, sure would. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, anyway, but uh, Stephen Toblerowski is our villain. Um, he's fine, I think. He's he's kind of playing like you know he's a villain yeah. in in a movie for babies. So yes, you know. Looks um, like the looks like Evan Arnold, who played his butler, his sidekick, is you know just kind of a working actor who doesn't seem to have really gotten his uh, his big gig just yet. This might have been it, actually. Well, he's still playing um, things like you know geek number two and sexy cop number two. <laughs> well, you know, good on him. Keep keep chasing that dream, you know. Yeah. Um, apparently, Jim Davis did have a uncredited cameo in this movie but it got cut so mm, um, too bad we don't yeah uh so we don't actually see it um there was oh um 
there was one line in this movie that absolutely blew my mind when I heard it. And that um, is. No, oh, go. what is uh, it? Okay. So towards the beginning of the movie, John buys a bunch of frozen lasagnas, which Garfield then eats. And John mm. is all like, Garfield, what am I going to do with you? And Garfield says, love me, feed me, don't leave me. Which, as you recall, is the slogan for Garfield Eats. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like uh, Nathan Masry saw the first 10 minutes of this movie and was like, that's my, that's what I'm going to build my whole life around. Yeah, that's the thing is I feel like Nathan Masry saw that and thought that was, he thought that was Garfield's catchphrase. And yeah. Which is, again, remember we were talking about Nathan Masry, and it's weird that he has built his life on Garfield because it's really obvious that he doesn't really have any particular interest or love for Garfield. He's just a, a guy who who latched onto it for some reason. And I feel like nothing says that more than the fact that like he apparently, his only exposure to Garfield is Garfield the movie, which is a movie made by people who also have no exposure to Garfield. So it's almost like... A photocopy of a photocopy? Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. You, you phrased it so perfectly. His, you know, his idea of Garfield is basically, you know, uh, it's his idea of Garfield is your mom explaining it to him from what you, you've told her about Garfield. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so... It, it's so funny, because for years, I feel like everyone has been asking, what is up with that catchphrase and i think the reason no one's figured it out is nobody has watched this movie since 2004 so no. nobody has noticed that this is where nathan masry got it from um you know what's so, really embarrassing what i i think marmaduke was a better movie i 100 agree with you on that yeah i think marmaduke uh first of all all the animals look the same they yes. they look like animals, so Marmaduke, Marmaduke fits like a monster, into his world, right? Yeah, Apart from, he doesn't look you know, the way all Great Danes look like monsters. Oh yeah, yeah, but you know, like he looks like yeah, he's Marmaduke. He fits into the Mar the Marmaduke world. He is a normal dog. He doesn't look like a freak compared to everyone else. Um, I feel like the plot of Marmaduke was slightly more interesting because it's about. It was basically like, oh, we moved to a new house and Marmaduke's got to fit in in the new neighborhood. And, you know, yeah. it's it's very standard kind of, you know, a kids movie plot. But it's it's more than this because this is like Odie gets kidnapped. No, Odie, like Garfield is mad. doesn't like Odie because he's replacing him. He feels like he's being replaced. So he kicks no Odie out. Odie gets kidnapped. Garfield rescues Odie. Uh, now Garfield and Odie are friends for reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, got Garfield is like, he's not just a dog. He's my friend. And after having spent like 15 minutes with Odie tops. Yeah. I mean, I guess the fact that they, they dance together. Um, yes. which, um, I'm sorry. That is, that scene is, that's dire. Not, okay. It's dire. Cause like Garfield, they're dancing to a very nice 2004 song. Yep, Black Eyed Peas. So incredibly 2004. Yes. I don't know how to describe this other than, like, go watch this movie. You will feel like you're back in 2004. Yeah. Um, You'll, but it'll Gar be like George W. Bush was reelected all over again. Yeah, you can. It's like you have to go back in time, 2004. Warn everyone, 9-11 is coming. <laughs> well, or, Wait. Or came. <laughs> Um, so Garfield is actually dancing because he's a cat. I mean, he's a cartoon cat, but Odie, because he's an actual dog, the only thing they can do is have him just hop on his hind legs. And yeah, and well, he's Garfield good at is, maintaining it for quite some time. You don't see him yeah. get down on all fours and do it again, but no, he's, I'm, no, he's just pogoing away. You know, I mean, if that's what they cast this dog as Odie for, you know, well done. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like the dog is doing his best, but I'm just saying is like you watch this and it's like, OK, it's really obvious how mismatched they are because one of them can dance and one of them is a dog. So, <laughs> you know, it's again, it's just like, OK, well, that's that's odd. But um, 
it's uh but yeah that is the most that they spend time together other than that like they're apart in the end garfield i guess accepts odie but i don't know why other than that like arlene yelled at him for getting uh odie kidnapped or yeah. actually that's so that's that's a little it, it's he doesn't get kidnapped really because I thought that's what was going to happen. I thought Happy Chapman would come and kidnap Odie because Happy Chapman has apparently, like, yeah, he's a he's a, on a local show doing a doing an act with a cat to advertise cat food, and he's convinced if he gets a dog, he can make it into the big time. And um, because he has a twin brother that's like a uh, major anchor on a New York show or something like that. Yeah, so he's gonna. He's like, oh, if I can, if I could just get a dog, I'd be as big as that. It's like, I guess. Um, so, but he, but what happens is, Odie gets lost. He gets found by some old lady. She puts like posters up, and Happy Chapman just comes pretending to be Odie's owner and just adopts Odie. And yeah, he saw Odie performing at the dog show. That's right. Because that's right. Because. John and Liz take Odie to see a dog show, not yeah. to be in it. <laughs> why why are um, you taking your dog to observe the dog show? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, he would, he, cause you know, Odie is a, as a dog, he would, he's a connoisseur. He can really judge these other dogs, I guess. Um, but uh, Garfield uh, shows up uh, and fucks up the dog show, which uh, results in Odie jumping on stage and doing the jumping thing that, he yeah. was doing earlier with Garfield and happy Chapman is so uh, tickled by this, that he wants to represent John and Odie, but John turns him down and I thought he would come and kidnap Odie, but it turns out he's just like, he, he's not that proactive a villain. So no. he just, he, he kind of just well, later on when the opportunity presents himself itself, he gets Odie through the least amount of, um, least amount of effort possible i feel like he should have tried to kidnap odie because at least you could have some funny physical comedy out of that yes but you know that's you know taking the taking the spectacle taking the eye off of garfield and you know garfield just doesn't want that so true enough at some point while we were watching this my mom who was watching it with me said how come odie can't talk and there's no explanation for that in this but there's no explanation for that in any garfield media but that was when I realized, right. hey, Garfield's moving his mouth. That's right. He is moving his mouth. Although he does say to um, John, I know you can't hear me. So it is established, even though Garfield is talking, um, he, he's not talking to people. He just talks to other cats. Yeah. And um, I think it would have worked better if it had been, you know, a real... You know, a real cat or at least a realistic CGI cat they could do things with. And, you know, they didn't do they didn't do the vo- the mouth movements, just just uh, gestures and expressions in time with where they would have been moving the mouths. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really so, think- and that was what gave me the idea. What if mm-hmm. we did an edit of this movie where we replace Bill Murray's lines with meows? <laughs> you'd be almost to be doing the uh what is it the yeah, uh, garfield the, gar- the article movie yeah <laughs> man um yeah uh you could pro- honestly i i don't know that it would i don't know that it would actually subtract a whole lot because <laughs> i think you could follow this movie and figure out what's going on even without the animals actually talking at all i, I wonder if it was written to have the animals talk in the first place or if that was a rewrite I feel like they must have because, you know, I can't imagine that they would have done. Yeah, we're going to do a Garfield movie. Garfield doesn't talk. I think people <laughs> would be like, wait, like Snoopy? No, that's that's I mean, not how. Because yeah. Garfield's already established. That, again, talking about Transformers, the uh, they were all set to uh, they were all set to get started with the original movie. And Hasbro was like, OK, who do you want for the voice of Optimus Prime? We were going to get our the original voice, uh, Peter Cullen. And the producer's like. What, the robots talk? Oof. Hey, this is Mike. So we talked so much about Garfield the Movie 2004 that uh, we are splitting this one up into two episodes. So please join us next week for the conclusion of Garfield the Movie.
2004.